Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother raised in a closed adoption and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. So today we are going to talk about when you start to feel anxiety as a birth mom, when you have made an appointment to meet with a local adoption agency to discuss the possibility of adoption for your unborn baby. We have seen over the last 18 and a half years so many pregnant women who call in and make an appointment. Actually, now I would say the majority of them are done by text, which probably makes them feel a little more anonymous and a little safer. Sometimes when women do call, this is an emotional topic and and, and it's very, you know, very touchy subject for a lot of women. And so a lot of them are crying. So if they're texting, they don't have to feel as vulnerable as they do if they're talking on the phone. So uh, we go through the the steps about what the appointment's going to entail, what to expect during that appointment, what you need to bring with you. And over time, we've seen a lot of women miss that first appointment. I always picture adoption, regardless of whether you're on the birth mom side or the adoptive parent side, as a set of stairs. And you can either look at it as going up or going down. It's irrelevant. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter right? <laughs> uh, so you get on the first step after you make that appointment. So I think a lot of women feel like, okay, now I've, you know, I've got a plan in my head. I need to make sure everything, you know, all the pieces go together, but I've got a plan. I've made an appointment. I'm just going to gather information in that first meeting. I may or may not move forward then. And it comes time and they're like, uh, I can't do it. Yeah, and it's so, hard to take that quote unquote first step. Right. And I get it. I understand. This mm-hmm. is, you know, a very emotional time. You're pregnant, you know, in addition to all of the normal emotions that you would have surrounding an adoption choice, you know, you have heightened uh, hormones going on. <laughs> and so on top of it, we're adding, you know, insult to injury, basically, because this is going to be twice as hard being pregnant. So a lot of women will no call, no show. We have some that'll reschedule, but we have some that are no call, no shows or some are postponed a few times. Um, I've had as many as six times before a woman actually came in. Wow. Yeah. And I understand there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. No, no absolutely not. It's, um, it's hard and we recognize that. So one of the things that our agency does that I think is really neat is if a woman's having a really hard time just getting to the appointment, which is step two, uh, we can go and meet them out in the community and take them out, you know, for lunch just to get to know them a little better and get started so that it's not so intimidating. You know, a lot of women who are coming to an adoption agency to place their child are very, very afraid of being judged. That is one of the number one concerns is they don't want to look like a bad parent. Um, if they have other children in the home and those children are small and not in school, they may bring those children with them. And 
their fears are so strong that I've had women say, you know, I'm bringing my two-year-old, but I'm not placing that baby for adoption. And we understand that. We totally understand that that you're looking at the adoption for the, for the unborn baby. Uh, there is no judgment. Sometimes when life feels or is just so overwhelming and you're pregnant with another baby and you may not have the financial resources to support the child that you currently have, knowing that you're placing this baby for adoption is a situation where it may be better for you and for the child you currently have for this baby to go, you know, for adoption so that you can focus all of your time, effort, energy, financial resources on the child you currently have and have bonded with. Mm-hmm. And somebody may come back and say, well, I've already bonded with the baby in my stomach. Yes. Yes, you may have. And that's hard too. And that's not to take away from this at all because adoption is a beautiful choice. And we understand that it takes a woman a lot to mentally prepare herself to do this. And I think it takes a great deal of courage and also self-knowledge to realize that, okay, I'm handling what I've got going now. But you start stacking another brick on top of that, I may not be able to hold that weight and take, you know, take positive steps for both the children or all the children involved because it will help everybody, you know, to not have that extra stress in your home and that extra child to raise. Exactly. And one thing that a lot of women that have come to our office and have done an adoption with us mm-hmm. have repeatedly said, and this really makes me feel good because it, it's what we were going for is it feels like coming home when they come back in and say hi or pick up letters um, from the adoptive family in their open adoption. Um, we've always tried to make it feel like home because we want it to be a refuge. So people feel safe and secure when they come in. And that's important. So obviously it's mostly first time mothers or um, first time adoption mothers that have a hard time with that first step with coming in and and meeting well, you guys first time moms who are placing a baby for the first time it's not just those i was um, gonna ask yeah so yeah. how many of the second timers or third timers have a tough time still coming in and and seeing you guys face to face knowing what she's doing I would say the majority of them actually make the first appointment. The majority. Okay. The fear of judgment, especially now because they have already placed one time, is still there. And it's strong. And Hmm. they are often embarrassed. Um, I've had women call me and say, you know what? I started out with another agency, but they're just not you guys. And I want to come to your agency but I didn't come at first because I was so embarrassed that I let this happen again and had another unplanned pregnancy and I didn't want to be judged. And I'm like, we don't judge anyway. You're fine. So she came to us, but I've had that happen quite a bit. Huh? Or I was that really afraid. Fascinating. Of so yeah. how do you try to alleviate their fears that there is going to be judgment? Because from my perspective, it, it's hard to understand their fear for me. Because Um, I see that there's no judgment and we're all proud of the mothers who are able to do this for the children. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, From the way that it's been described to me, I would say collectively, the birth mothers that have other children want to be viewed as being a good mother. 
and all the way down to my biological birth mom, that was her biggest fear as well, was that by doing an adoption, they're not doing something good. They don't necessarily view it how we, they don't see themselves how we see them. Okay. And, you know, I remember one time when my mom flew out to Arizona and I took her to church with me and she grabbed my hand before we walked in and she said, I can't go in there. And I asked her why. And she said, because they're all going to judge me. They're all going to know what I've done. And I said, hmm. what have you done? I'm thinking like, is she going to come up with something? And, <laughs> and she, she said, I gave you up. And I said, you didn't give me up. You placed me for adoption. Right. I think that's one of those reasons that's really important for us as a adoption community and, and society in general is to really use the adoption positive language because when we do it changes the meaning and the interpretation behind it when you say if somebody was to say i gave my baby away versus i placed my baby for adoption those are two totally different things absolutely and somebody who's not educated in adoption language would not you know if you gave your baby away well, what would you do with your baby well, who'd you give it to you know it's not it's looked at very differently rather than than having an adoption plan and placing a baby with a loving adoptive family that's very different and so i think that one way that we can really help these moms that are struggling with uh anxiety and you know self con condemnation is start using adoption positive adoption language because again it's going to change and hopefully misconceptions will go by the wayside and we'll be able to really celebrate what's happening here. But yeah, so I would say with, with second time um, adoption moms, they are, they are for the most part able to make their appointment, but they still are very anxious and uh, almost feel ashamed, which is not something we ever want anybody to feel walking into an adoption agency. And, and so um, I think it's important that, you know, when, when we're working with them on their adoption plan and we help them throughout the process and they deliver and place the baby for adoption and go off to continue living their life, uh, you know, we always tell them, you know, that we're always here for them, you know, in the event that it they wind up with another unexpected pregnancy, we absolutely want them to come back. But we hope that, um, you know, that, that this is a hard process for women. Right. And, and birth fathers, I don't want to exclude them. This is hard. This is something easy to do. And so it's not as much as we love seeing them the second time. We also know how hard it is for them and how difficult it was for them to, you know, make the choice of adoption and then to follow through and come in and start the process again. I'm trying to think what we can do as a society to make it more acceptable. And I think of, of course, because so much of what we see of others' lives comes from movies and books, for instance. But I can't think of, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but most of the representations of adoptions, for instance, in movies is not negative. So yeah. that's why I, I, you know, you see Superman and you don't think, oh, you know, he's kind of an adopted son from another planet and all this. And you think of it, the way I look at adoption is more of a heroic thing on all sides, you know, from the entire triangle. When you said that about Superman, actually what popped into my head was Tarzan. Oh, very good. Same thing, though. And to me, it's it's a heroic thing and it's kind of represented that way. How can we make these birth I mothers understand more that what they're doing is brave and heroic. 
I think the reason if we really want to look at this from kind of like an educational perspective, uh, study wise, I would say we are not teaching what adoption is. In other words, when, you know, back in the day when there were dinosaurs uh, (laughs) and I was in school and we had our sexual education class, they didn't talk about adoption. Right. They talked about um, parenting the baby or abortion. And so that, you know, adoption wasn't something that was common knowledge. I mean, people know what the term means, but they don't understand the process of or the journey of adoption to the degree that they may understand other options. So I think that what we need to do is normalize adoption, use positive adoption language, and we need to continue to celebrate women that make an adoption choice. By approaching it from the schools is a great idea because, you know, that's what the other side does. And if given the choice between the three things, you know, obviously the one that seems least to me ethical would be to eliminate the child altogether. And the other two seem like the more humane, ethical things to do, again, in my opinion. Right. So when a woman finds out that she's pregnant mm-hmm. and she's carrying a baby inside of her and she delivers that baby, regardless of whether she parents or she places the baby for adoption, she's still a mom. Absolutely. She still gave that baby life. She's still a mother, regardless of the choice that she makes at that point. And I think that, you know, with birth moms and when I meet with them and we talk about that, that's something that is not always recognized. And you know, again, going back to my own story, my biological mother had two boys following me. And when people would ask her, how many children do you have? She said two because, she, you know, I was a secret at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is back in the dinosaur days. So remember. <laughs> so she was not able to say three until I was able to reunify with her. And, you know, when I was in my 30s. Right. And we were able to start a relationship. And then she told everybody, including the you know, checkout lady at the grocery store and her doctor, and, uh, which I, I found just endearing and mm. just adorable. Uh, but, you know, by encouraging the normalization of adoption, we are going to give women the opportunity to be proud of a choice that they had to make during a very trying time. And if we celebrate their choice with them, I think it's going to elevate the understanding, the knowledge, and the gratitude of adoption. And I think that that will perpetuate itself. And then hopefully in another decade, there'll really be two options. You know, you can parent or adoption. And that's the hope because that way we can bring more life and we can continue to populate the adoption world. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then. <laughs>